do, 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 do. Hello? Hello. I can hear you. Intro, intro song. Eat up the sound wave. Cool beans. What's up? What's up, Eric? Not too much, man. And it's going to annoy me. Um, so we, we learned that my microphone uh, causes some sort of weird uh, fuzzy noise. Maybe, you know, maybe we're, you're prematurely laying the blame on your microphone. Maybe that's just your voice. Well, it's something. I don't know mm. if it's the microphone no, or it's what. Your, it's your voice. You just, you have this imperceptible to, your, to you crack in your voice where you just turn into like static for a little bit. And all of us Maybe. can hear it. All of us can hear it, but nobody's actually told you because they don't want to embarrass you. And now it's easy to just uh, to lay it on the mic. Yeah. And now I'm going to be thinking how bad it is because I can't actually hear it. Yeah, I uh, can. I know. I know. I know how bad it is. Uh, you to, couldn't to tell. The point you, where, you couldn't. Where, to the, to the, you keep on talking. I'm going to try to change my mic. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is this is give you a little insight into how the uh, the sausage is made. Eric's been doing this for about 15 minutes. Um, and has now decided to continue doing it, even though we have officially started. But that's okay. I can talk. What I'm doing right now, as I talk to Eric and watch him fiddle with his mic, I also have the Red Wing game on, on mute, just over to my right. Because for the hockey fans out there, you know it's the greatest time of year right now. And that is, of course, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs. The best playoff system of any professional sport. Uh, the most intense, the most arduous the most vicious. What do I sound like? Oh, there you are. You sound good. I was just monologuing about why the playoffs are great. <laughs> cool, cool. All are, right. Are, so you, think, are you guys going to hold that mic the whole time? I, I guess. Can you hear me I'm moving, holding it in my hand? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can hear you. I mean, does it? Can you hear me fumbling around with it? I don't think here. Do it again while I'm not looking at you. We've got all sorts of issues. We've got issues. We've got drama. This is a mess. I, I, I like how you are now standing. <laughs> I like you, you should stand with it holding up like you're doing stand-up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so um, if you can't feel me fumbling around with it, I will just hold it. No, I think you're fine. All right. Then oh, it probably no, still you're has. Gonna, you're not going to be happy about what I just heard. Fuzz? Yeah. I'm going back to the other one. Keep... <laughs> Jesus. All right. I'm going to go back to my monologue about hockey. Uh, so if you're not a hockey fan. And I know, chances are, if you're American, you probably aren't, unless you're one of my brothers. Uh, I highly recommend just watch one playoff hockey game. Just one. Preferably with somebody who kind of knows what's going on, but won't be annoying about it. Uh, so, like, like me, for example. Just watch one playoff hockey game. Make a good faith effort in trying to get into it. Bonus points if you can go in person, because watching hockey in person is, is much, much better than watching it on TV. Just give it a whirl, though, because... Playoff hockey is something special. Playoff hockey. Hey, Eric's back, everyone. Yeah. I thought I thought maybe we were just going to make a format switch to just me monologuing for an hour. I'll talk about anything, man. I'll just go. That'd be good. <laughs> um, I, you know, so I heard everything you said. I do like hockey, man. Um, yeah. Uh, I know you, you weren't assume, you weren't uh, asserting that I don't like hockey. No, yeah, but... I know. I know you. We, we we've talked briefly about hockey yeah. before. Well, see, now you're down, you're down in Texas, so that makes you a, a Dallas fan if you're going to adopt your hometown or your, your current town uh, team. So do they have Dallas what? Dallas Stars. 
no. They're in the playoffs <laughs> as well right now. They That's are. a lazy name. Well, you know what? Dallas they, Star. It's because, the, so they originally were in Minnesota. They were the Minnesota North Stars. Okay. And then, and then when Minnesota moved to Texas, they dropped the North and just called themselves the Dallas Stars. Interesting little tidbit. They're playing the new Minnesota team. Well, not new anymore, but they're playing the Minnesota team in the playoffs right now. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dallas is pretty good. They have a good shot this year of going decently far, I think. That's so I know you monitor the Red Wings, but do you like? Are you the type of person you'll just be looking at all the scores, see who's um, up, see yeah, what the, play, yeah. see what the brackets like to, are looking like? Yeah, I like to know what's going on, like who's strong in the league, and part of that you just get by watching all of the games of one team. But I, I do make an effort to kind of figure out what's going on, and I usually will see uh, like the highlights, the major highlights from the different games. Um, I like to I like to keep my finger on the pulse, so to say. Do you do any like fantasy hockey stuff? I have in the past. Uh, this year, I think I am technically on a team, and then I, <laughs> but I, I, I was a neglectful manager, yeah. So I don't actually know how I'm doing. Uh, I'm not you're the, a big. You're the worst type fan. of person. Yeah, fantasy I know. Football. I know. The, the fantasy worst, uh, sports. The worst fantasy person I know. Uh, you know what? I just sometimes I'm really into it, and sometimes I'm not. And this year was a not year, so whatever. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean. Um, I get that it gives some people like a reason to also watch sports. I guess sure. the kind of See, but I don't need a gambling. reason to watch. Exa- exactly. <laughs> I was about to say, hey, you don't need a reason. You watch it all the time. Yeah. When you can, and then also you play, you know, pick up. Mm-hmm. So I, it, seems, it seems like you're you are getting your enjoyment of a I'm, game. I'm getting uh, I'm getting my fill. But I mean, there's yeah. 82 games in a in a hockey season, and for the Red Wings this year, I bet you I've watched 75 of them. So like that's a lot of that's a lot of that's hockey. A, that's a couple games a week usually, you know, for a couple hours at a time. That was a hell of a cross check. Abdulkader just got crushed. Sorry. What's what's the person's name? Abdulkader. Is that his, the person's his name? Last name. His last name. Ablocator. No, it sounds ab- like I, Abdul. Abdulkader. Oh, I thought I thought you said like ab dis ab dislocator or something. <laughs> that's pretty. I'm like all right, that's a that's a powerful name. Yeah, it is. Breaking abs. His first name's Justin. Not nearly as exciting. Um, anyway, I will be focused now. Eric, you son of a bitch. What's up, man? It feels good to be talking to you again. Hey, man. Uh, just things are going on. Um, so I have an update. Oh, um, oh, update, update time. So we'll, we'll talk about school stuff. Yeah. Um, sure. So, you know, I had been thinking about yeah, sort of uh, my portfolio and how to get that accomplished. Portfolio, it's, yes. Those six projects we have to do before orals. Yes. So um, after talking with my advisor, um, I basically proposed a you know, different type of tool. Okay. Uh, one of the research tool options uh, and one being the computer programming tool. Nice. Yeah. Um, why? You should be all over that. Yeah. So, so what do you have to um, do for that? Yeah, I mean, you just basically propose something. So, oh. and then if they accept it, then it's all good. So basically, I proposed a uh, creating a program that would basically uh, manipulate manipulate some of the data that we collect from the 360 assessment, okay, and configure it uh, um, in a way that uh, preps it to you know put it into that feedback report. Okay. So gotcha. stuff that I've kind of already worked on. Right, um, right. You've been doing it with like macros in Excel basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so is that what you're going to do or are you going to do it in a different like actual programming language? Uh, well, macros are. Does that count? That count? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I, I yeah, just yeah. denigrated macros when then maybe they're an actual. I don't know how to do them. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking like so, Ruby or Perl or something. 
Yeah, so um, I propose that, um, and you know, with a more complexity, I'm basically gonna you know add some more complexity, okay. uh, a little bit more complexity on what I already have. But it's like something a user, you've already been working on for a while. Yeah, like like a graphical user interface, something that make it more programmy. Right. You know. Right. So someone can just pick it up and um, use the interface. Right. To uh, you know, accomplish whatever task it's supposed to accomplish. Nice. And so I, I think that does apply, man. And so in my proposal, which I probably went overkill in my proposal. What what's like what uh, she said? Uh, it would be a, uh, a, a, a vi- it's a viable uh-huh. portfolio um, tool. Um, I got to, you know to start in writing my pro- my portfolio. Uh, sorry, proposal for the portfolio mm-hmm. item, uh, which is like a, like a, I think it was like three pages. Oh my god! Uh, it was like it, but it was like it was like maybe two and a half pages. I think my entire portfolio plan is three pages. But uh, <laughs> the reason why it's long. Um, it's because you're Eric. It's also how how it formatted too. Sure, sure, you know, sure, I have like sure. different sections and stuff right, like that. Yeah, of course you and do. Stuff. Yeah. And um, and I kind of wrote it up like a, you know, if you were doing like a consultant job, you know, a pr- pr- proposing a, a tool or right. a product yeah, for a client. For sure. thing. Well, so it's broken up into sections. This makes perfect sense because you've already. I mean, so I'm of the belief that during the portfolio stage, if you're working on something a lot you should figure out a way for it to be part of your portfolio. It should be part of your portfolio. So I'm glad that this is for you now. Yeah. So, um, and so the reason why I was like, I was like, yeah, this, of course this could be one is just kind of reflecting on my, on my career thus far. You know, I worked, um, uh, prior to c- coming back to the grad program and, uh, just in, in some of the people that I've worked with, I've, I've really learned a lot from people in terms of how they use these other skills as psychologists to accomplish tasks. So a lot of the Excel stuff, I, you know, I've learned. I've learned that from other people. Mm-hmm. But I've seen a few different people sort of code their own tools in Excel or sometimes it'll be, you know, might, might be in something else um, for either, you know, evaluating data, analyzing data, restructuring data mm-hmm. uh, to accomplish whatever task that they couldn't find a sort of off-the-shelf thing to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it, I think it is a, a very useful skill in that sense For that sure. if you know how to do it, um, you can basically uh, create uh, you can create a solution to a problem that you have that you can't find off the shelf. Exactly. And, and, and there's pro- there may even be other people out there who this tool will also be useful to them. Yeah. Now, this tool, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> but, this, one, this one's probably very, <laughs> very specific to what we do uh, at lead. But. And so, you know, where I used to work, we used to do... Um, a bunch of analyses. We used to use item response theory to, uh, to build uh, the computer adaptive, computer adaptive test mm-hmm. um, that they used to administer some Navy uh, application tests for, uh, for the Naval program. But um, so this guy, I mean, he basically, you know, the guy who came and did like some uh, consulting work for us, he basically had it designed a program that would evaluate um, fit of the model. Okay. But, um, like so, you basically have to estimate item parameters and and you know assess its fit, uh, similar to like if you're doing like structural equation modeling type of thing. Right. It's not it's 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 not the same, but in terms of the concept of you have established parameters, you assess the fit to the model type of thing. Is and that, so was, was that an Excel thing, or was that like in was that like R? Because I know people, oh, yeah. people build yeah, all yeah. sorts he, of stuff for. Well, this is this is years ago, so right. uh, yeah, it was in Excel. Okay, um, he did it in Excel, so. You know, you know, and um, looking at that, I was like, all right, this is this is a good example. And then also, even before that, um, we were using a 
It was almost just, it's like a DOS file. It was like a just a executable type of thing. You're so old. That um, I used to always kind of make fun not make fun of this guy's his name, but he was kind of a a big researcher in the field of item response theory. I think uh, he's he's deceased now, but his name was okay. Raju Nambury nice. Raju, and um, I, I don't know if he actually coded it himself, but the the name that was his name was on it in terms of concepts and, mm-hmm. and the calculations and stuff. And it was just like this little black box that you would, you know, put your files in, and it would assess um, what's called a what was that? What do we use that for? Something called differential item functioning. But again, that's just a thing. That's um, a creation of a psychology person, of a researcher who didn't have the off-the-shelf products. Right. And if you go back far enough, I mean, that's where where all these. And, I, and I'm not. By the way, I'm not. Uh, analogizing, I don't know if that's the right word, any of this stuff to, to what I'm doing. But I'm well, just saying... It's in like, the same family of stuff. I mean, well, the, you're building the yourself I'm, a tool. You're, you're building a tool instead of pulling one off a shelf. Yeah, but the statement I was about to make is um, a lot of the, these tools, um, if you look at, I think, if you look at um, the history of like programs like SPSS or um, mm-hmm. Bylog is a program for IRT analysis, and things like that, I think they sort of originated in this some people thinking about okay, how can we do this? Coming together and just piecemealing it together oh, until yeah, it was like sure. until it was like a thing, and they're like, "Oh, this is a thing." Very that few, might, other very people few might find, things you know, in life are do, does someone sit down with a fully functioning like idea, like held perfectly in their mind, and then clearly build towards that. I mean, that's why the waterfall software development method is like not a thing that most like you know agile is all the rage with with software stuff because you got to be able to change things up and piecemeal it together. That's a beautiful, beautiful segue because um, I was just I was I did, that just came to my mind. I just listened to a, the Harvard Business Review uh, as a podcast, and the, the I don't know what, what I don't know what episode it was on, but uh, they did one on agile management when um, sort of broke down its history and stuff like that. And so years ago, when I worked on the software team, I had no idea what agile management was, right. and I guess apparently now it is has become all the rage in terms of oh, yeah, software industry, especially I think more so West Coast. I think there's still a lot of sort of old school style software teams that aren't as agile as, as they should. And mm-hmm. I would say that about the one that I used to work for. Um, and so, you know, it actually came out of um, sort of business management. Somebody wrote some papers about it, had an idea, you know, like all good ideas, kind of went away for a while, no one really paid much attention. And then someone was sort of going through in the software world, uh, you know, technology world type thing. And they're like, huh, the develop, development world. And they're like, huh, yeah. this could be applied in this area. And it's just now really popular in that area. And so now it's starting to kind of transition back into the, okay, can we actually use this for like in the management? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, so like we, we, we are now shading into my work, basically. This is what we do in large, in large part. We teach teams to use a lot of these agile software behaviors, but not among like they're – not, they're not software teams. Like, yeah. you know, getting a team together who has a clear mission, clear purpose, and kind of scope out a, a week or two week sprint of work, and then they come back at the end of it after they have after they shipped and and make iter- you know, iterative changes over time, like that's that's how work just in general should get done. And software has figured it out a little bit ahead of time, a little bit before everyone else. But they're very universal principles in many ways. Well, well, a guy, well, a, a guy made a good point in this, and I think I would agree. Um, so, uh, in fact, one of the terms that is in sort of the agile management um, field is this idea of scrum. Yep. And th- th- it kind of ca- came from a rugby. It's a rugby term, mm-hmm. obviously, and I love rugby, whatever. And, um, and and so the principle that they had was, you know, 
the versatility, like you just discussed, but also like including the customer in the in yeah, the yeah. development, oh, yeah, which sure. is something that people don't do. But he, he made a good point, and he said, well, um, not everyone's going to like it, you know what I'm saying? So if you're, when you're testing it out, it's good to test it out. And so you, a lot of people might like football, right? Mm-hmm. But if, they're, if, if people are playing football or something, they have to agree to play. You, mm-hmm. I, I'm totally misquoting it, but no. it was something like that. Yeah. And he, he was saying that, you know, not that you have to be careful, but some people aren't going to like this stuff. I think our young generation might like it more. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm saying that because when I worked with this programming team, these old school programming, these, these programmers, not only, I'm not saying old programmers, but I'm saying sort of old school style. Um, they would always say, oh, I don't know if we can do this, or this wasn't how it, it was um, yeah. written, or you know, all this stuff. Dude, you, and you're, I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? This is, so, this is my life, man. This is, this is my work well, every day. <laughs> Well, this, I love this it. Is like, well, actually, I think I would actually love what you do because yeah. back then, knowing nothing, I'm sitting in there beating my head like this is, can't be right. This can't be right. I'm googling, <laughs> I'm googling, um, different programming t- don't, uh, don't lie. You were philosophies. Ask, you were, were asked Jeevesing. Uh, no, it might, it might have been Yahoo. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that long ago. Until I actually came up, came came and found like this idea of agile software uh, yeah. development. I, I did I did not know it was being applied in like sort of the non software sure. development world at the time. Um, until recently, until I heard this podcast. But and I was like, this is what we need to be doing, <laughs> you know. And um, it just drove me insane. How and it, it probably drove me the most insane because I was pretty much this sort of connection between the software team. I was. I was on the team, but I was also the client at the same time because I worked yeah. closely with the client. Um, and so I actually just saw this disconnect. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. The, the way that we're going about doing this, for you to think that we should uh, give you a task, you lay out the spec- specifications, go away for a long time. And then come back with it done. And then come back. And we're like, oh, this is not what we wanted. Because they wouldn't ask any questions. Yeah. They would just, if, if you did not write it exactly how you wanted it, and this gives you no wiggle room for, oh, hold on a second. We tried it this way. This no doesn't look good. no wiggle room for reality. For, because that's for reality. The, how the world works now. Nothing. I mean, that's so ridiculous. Well, if you think about it too, I mean, the, the strategic plan was a big business thing for like, our five-year plan. Here's our 10-year yeah. plan. Like, those are borderline useless now. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no way you can predict the future in that regard. You gotta, you gotta have a much kind of narrower, not narrow, but a shorter term uh, perspective on things. In that, being able to respond. So that's not that. What I don't mean, and we've talked about this before, I think, is like not having short term perspective on terms of we do anything we can for to squeeze as much profit out of the next quarter. Like that's one way that a lot of businesses think, which is pretty messed up. But I'm talking about when, how often do you look at the data and reflect upon it, and then make changes based on that. I mean, that's why you see more and more companies moving away from the yearly performance review. I mean, what is more useless than feedback about how you're doing once a year? Like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah. this, is all, <laughs> this is all stuff that, that we talk about every day in the work that I do. And we even use the same language that you just said as well about um, playing the game. Or like, like we, we the, the um, kind of perspective we take, I'm saying perspective a lot. There's other words, but my brain is just not working. The... Uh, the, the, the nature of the work takes for us is often pilot teams that are just experimenting with a new idea. And we always yeah. are telling, uh, trying to encourage people to just, just play the game for the next couple of weeks. Like, play the game by our rules for the next couple of weeks. And like any game, like if you think about, if you play a complex board game, the first 
couple times you play it, especially the first time, all you're doing is like flipping through the rule book over and over and trying to figure out what the rules are. And you're not even thinking about the larger, like how to actually play the game. It's only once the rule book, once you've internalized the rule book to the point where you can kind of forget about the rule book and actually think about the strategy and think about the fun of actually playing is that that's when it actually starts to click. Uh, so, so much of my, my work is getting people through those first couple of playthroughs when they're just looking at the rule book until eventually they get to the point where they stop thinking about it and they are just yeah. using these new behaviors that are more adaptive to doing better work. So that's, that's you know, cool, dude. You know, as I, as I, as I shifting to like look for a full-time work and stuff in the area, I'm kind of nervous. It's, it, it's either um, going to be um, uh, an area that has like a lot of potential mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, maybe my skills and knowledge can be used in these in this area or they're, they're not just not open to it at all. But because this area is huge in like the oil industry and stuff like that, they're very sort of these industries tend to be very old school. And yeah, very I'm saying that because I, uh, I I play rugby with a most a lot of the people, not, not some people, but a lot of people are actually in oil and gas. Yeah, because um, yeah, just in, in general in Houston, you know. but but and um, just hearing them talk about stuff, man. I've had conversations with a few people, and they're like, "Oh man, oh what you what you what you do? What you study, man? Oh my gosh, they do that." Oh, our industry could use it because you know what I'm saying because yeah. they're like yeah we're so they're so like old school style you know yeah. old um 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 I can't the terminology is not coming to me but um uh scientific management type type way of thinking oh yeah um, very 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 tailored you know and uh yeah man and it's uh like I said, a little nervous because I'm like, oh, all right, these people aren't even open to playing this new new type of game. Yeah, so I mean, so if you or go, they might be, or they might be very. Only, I mean, so yeah, maybe if you if you go internal at one of these companies, then yeah, maybe you know you'll be potentially part of a small team or the only with like only person with that kind of lone perspective. But there are organizations that that obviously think the way you do and come in as external people to help a, a company. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I would love to work for a company that you know. We could just play, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you just said, type of thing. Even as a consultant, in terms of uh, maybe assisting people with um, solving problems or moving forward or whatever it is, or sort of an internal part of a team mm-hmm. where you know you're you're playing, you're being creative, you're working with uh, people who are willing to sort of go that try things out, go in that direction. Yeah. And once you try it out, and it's not it going in that direction. Good. You know, move on. Yeah. And so I, you know, that, that's making me think about you know my research tool, man. So I don't know Visual Basic programming. You know, what I'm saying I've had right. to do a lot of Google searching. Dude, I've been working all day for the past several days, all day, stopping for stopping to eat yeah. and then sleeping, obviously, but like all day. And um, when I do stuff like this, I kind of kind of like it that way because I know it's not going to last very long. Uh-huh. It's a f- finite project, yeah. but I like getting kind of loopy. To the point where I just I'm just going. I like getting to the point of loopiness where I'm just going and not uh, knocking down my ideas. Yep. But I d- almost, but I don't want to. I don't like to uh, to pass the brink of loopiness to where I'm like messing things up. And that right, that's a it's fine a delicate, line. It's a delicate line. It's like it's a delicate line. It's like you got to find just the right high. But um, otherwise, you're so gonna, otherwise like, you're going to overdose on 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 work. Yeah. So sad. I start. I started with kind of a simple ideas, you know. Actually, one night I woke up, um, a couple several days ago, I woke up at like four forty-five. I just had an, like I had been thinking about this man, 
and doing that that work in the background, I was cranking. I was like, that oh, I was work. Yeah, I was like, huh. You know, I'll, I'll write it down when I wake up. And then I was like, oh, there's no way I'm gonna remember this. And I, <laughs> you know, I woke up and I kind of drew up my like, for my user interface and stuff like, like that. You're like a mad scientist. Drew that out and stuff, and I was like, all right. And so I think about the things. Okay, I wanted to do this. How can I find out how to do this? If I can't figure it out, move on. You know what I'm saying? But I'll push that right. brink of let me play for a bit. Let's discover. Oh, I don't. I don't have that skill set to do it right now. I'll move on. Yeah. But it's not like I'm not attempting to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I have a question for you. Can I really enjoy the process. We've had conversations in the past where you've do, you've you dive super deep into something like something you don't know how to do. You just dive super deep into, and even to the point of like frustration for yourself because you're you're getting sidetracked from what you're actually trying to do. This sounds much more reasonable what's what's the difference between those two uh i'm how are you catching yourself or like preventing yourself from like diving deep on that thing you don't know and teaching it yourself uh i've bounded myself in into a world i want i want to i think i'm using this term wrong like bounded reality in a sense Uh where i know my limitations definitely i know in general the scope of the project is for you know where I want to take it. So you have some constraints. Um, that are I'm, I'm bounded. I, I, yeah, I'm con- yeah, I have some mental constraints. Okay. Um, so I'm constrained, and that's on purpose. And, and I know that this project, again, it, it, it's finite um, in terms of time that should be spent on it. Right. Um, so yes, setting the parameters beforehand, um, or at least having a, a general idea of what the parameters are. Okay. I think that's that's what help. Um, that helps. Well, so uh, uh, I mean, so what does this replace for you in your portfolio? Oh, that's that's still okay. Doing. Good man, I was hoping it was that. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, I, you know, we don't need to. I don't want to probe, but uh, well, I know, I know you spent a lot of time like studying for it, and, and no, here's the thing: I really didn't spend that much time. So oh, okay. I was so pro- distracted. That was the problem. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was so distracted by so many other things. Sure. So the studying was sporadic, and yeah, you know, I'll go super deep on. You know, I've been gone super deep on like this longitudinal data analysis uh, for a while, but then I'll kind of lose sight of other things. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. and um, yeah, I don't think I'm so distracted with so many other things, like in terms of putting in the time I need yeah. to do it. Even though I know I can do like do this stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but I, I feel like I feel like you've made a good choice in the sense that I the skills that you need to develop to do this programming tool feel much more useful in the applied world. Yeah. Than yeah, like yeah. just knowing stat stuff really well. Well, you know, so like I, I don't you're need to know stat stuff. You're creating a thing that you can stuff. point to. You can, you're creating a thing that you can yeah. point to when you are interviewing for jobs. Like, look, I made this thing and yeah. let me explain it to you and it's awesome. So, And I don't know. I mean, um, I don't have to know certain types of, you know, techniques, statistical techniques that I'm really not going to ever use. Dude, you can look up. You can always but, look but also I can look technique. it up. Exactly. You can look it I up. I can look it up. Tests are you know old saying? school. Tests are dumb and old school. Uh, in the world of Google, so, yeah. tests are dumb. I, I, I'm, that's one thing I'm really good at. It's like uh, finding resources to figure it out. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like I'm really good at that. Um, whether it's books, articles, things like that. I can read research article papers. I can read methodology paper, you know, and I can understand it. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, unless I'm super focused on it, you know, if I'm so, you know, very distracted, I'm not going to get to that point. Um, so this is something I was already working on, and I can just make it better and exactly. move on. Yeah, That's great. You know, so I'm stoked for you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm I'm downloading a bunch of things in it accidentally. Stop iTunes. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Uh, Get out of here. 
Why Stop that website. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Anyway, that's what I get. I was looking up. I was curious if we had any more ratings or reviews. We have one more rating. Guess what? Another five star. Highest rated podcast on the store. Um, that's us. <laughs> who's the rate? Who's who rated? Uh, it was, it, it, wasn't, a, it can... wasn't a written review. It was just a rating. Okay. From what I can I'll tell. We can, uh, we can yeah. So thank you, through. people, for, for, for that. Or person, I should say. Um, cool. Is that is that it on the research tool? Is that is that encompass your thoughts on it? Feeling pretty good about it? Yeah, I feel like I've gone on a long rant, but Dude, uh, no, it's good. I want I want to hear about this type of stuff. So uh, I'm glad. glad I'm excited. And as 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 it starts to come together, I'm like, oh, yeah. here's the thing. I, I do hit a lot of roadblocks because I don't know Visual Basic uh-huh. really. Um, but again, Dude, I the really word basic is right in the name. How hard could it be? Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like an excuse. I know. Uh, uh, so, how about you, man? How, how are things going? In in what way? Just uh, in general. Well, yeah, I do. I do want to say. I, I'm, I'm, maybe we'll save this for a different podcast, but because uh, I was obviously trying to talk about myself for a while, mm-hmm. but I really want to get into the type of work you do because you. I love that you were. I, I'm really passionate about other people being passionate. <laughs> if that makes <laughs> me any too, sense. Dude. So me too. It, it really excites me. When you just like got excited yeah. about the type of work that you're yeah. doing and, and, and your involvement with companies, oh yeah, and uh, I can get excited. Yeah, it really, that really makes me happy. Um, Thank yeah. you. I I am. See, here's the thing. I am super stoked about everything I do every day, basically, which is why I talked a little about a little bit about in the last episode why I'm hitting this 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 point with my PhD work and. And why it is, it, I am in a, I am in a valley that I'm not sure I will come out of in regards to it. So, but it's okay because it means that the actual work stuff is just freaking great all the time. So I really, I really like it. We, uh, I can talk a little bit about it if you want. I mean, it's pretty, pretty open, uh, open thing. But I'll talk a little bit uh, about it. Let's see what, uh, what, what am I most stoked about right now? Uh, probably, so I'm wrapping up a project right now that has had me traveling a lot. Um, but it's been great because, because we're such a small company and we have a lot of ongoing work, I have been leading this project from, you know, soup to nuts, basically from beginning to end. Uh, and obviously I've I've had some help here and there. The, our, our founder, Aaron has helped out with, with a lot of stuff as well, especially early on with some client relationship stuff. But now I feel like I fully own fully own this project. I have basically created the plan for and executed on the plan. Uh, you know, Aaron has given me a lot of, a lot of leeway in doing what I want to do to make this successful. Uh, you know, the direct quote at one point for him was go to Chicago when you need to go to Chicago, if it will help the project and you want to go to Chicago, go to Chicago. So like, that's the type of guidance that I've had, um, which has been perfect for somebody like me because I thrive with that autonomy. And at the same time, you know, being able to go and get advice from my colleagues when I need it, when I'm just not sure how to do something. Because I, I don't have a ton of experience at this. Like, I think I will be really great at this type of work, but I don't have a lot of experience yet. Um, so the project, I mean, I obviously can't go into details about names or anything, but uh, it's been really fascinating in that essentially it's a group of about 60 people, a company that a leader that really has bought in to the idea that the future of organizations will be uh, more toward the the end of the more toward self management and self organization and, and thinking of 
a, an organization as a complex network as opposed to a complicated machine. Uh, so moving away, truly moving away from the Tayloristic kind of industrial revolution concept of an organization, which, you know, if you think of a traditional organizational chart, very hierarchical with clean, you know, lines of command, that that way of thinking about business has been around for a really long time. Uh, you know, basically pioneered by the railroad companies in the nineteenth in the nineteen hundreds, or even earlier than that, eighteen hundreds, and and there are still companies out there that are, think about being organized in that way and, and our basic thesis is basically well, why why do we organize like 18 19th century railroad companies when you're a you know a digital marketing agency or you know working truly like a knowledge company knowledge uh, knowledge work type company so well, me, thinking yeah go ahead i was gonna interrupt and just to get clarification is yeah you are so you are identifying a certain type of organization now you're thinking about more about knowledge work because well, if, yeah. if there was still like a, some type of Thing that sort of looked like a railroad railroad construction company, yeah. if those still exist, you're not saying change that model, are you? I mean, because one size fits all doesn't really work either. No, no. But, so yeah, here's the thing: like we we definitely we don't have like an off the shelf thing that we've created. We don't have like the ready operating system that all companies need to do. In general, we believe moving toward self organization, which okay. could be just you know a couple steps in that direction. In general, will be more, will be a better uh, kind of path for a company to move down, regardless of industry. However, it looks very different based on the context of the organization. Gotcha. If you're gotcha. small, if and we've actually written about Aaron has written about this a little bit. The idea of thinking about so, like, if you're in an industry where failure isn't catastrophic, so you know, failure when you build jet engines, planes fall out of the sky. Failure <laughs> in a hospital, people die. Failure in a digital marketing agency, like it's not, it's not, it's, we're not talking about the same kind of level of failure, right? And if we're talking about scale, if we're talking about the difference between 10 people versus 50 versus 100 versus 1,000 versus 10,000, generally smaller scale and less risky, you can kind of go more nuts on the self management side of things. Larger scale and, and riskier, then there, you're not going to, you're not going to do a holacracy implementation at a place that has 30,000 employees, you know, making jet engines. But there's still things you can do at a place like that to help teams have more autonomy, to help, uh, to help cut through bureaucracy to, you know, where teams don't need permission, they know where they have authority, where they can just go make things happen, to, um, to do things like that. And, and our work is really thinking about it that way, thinking about coming into an organization and help them assess what their operating system is like. That's the metaphor that we tend to use. You know, you know what an operating system is. It's the rules, basically, that a computer uses to figure out what happens, right? The basic, like base level stuff. Well, organizations have an operating system, too. You know, how, how decisions are made, who gets what resources, who has authority, how teams get started or, or, or get destroyed, how they work together, kind of that, that level of stuff. Uh, helping them kind of figure out where they are and then where they could go with that. What a better, what an upgrade to their operating system would look like. And then creating a project together with them to actually move them in that direction. So in the case of the project I've been doing now, it's been very, it's been a, like a holacracy light implementation. So taking some really key ideas from holacracy and implementing those to this, to this company, um, you know, coaching and teaching and facilitating meetings and doing group coaching and things like writing stuff. I've been recording videos to leave behind after we wrap up the project. 
uh, things like that. So I've really enjoyed enjoyed that project. And then, you know, next week I'll be moving on to something else in a, you know, Fortune 50, 20,000 plus people uh, organization doing something totally different. So nice. it, it for me, I like, like I can go very deep on something, but I'm also, I, I like getting different, I, I like having a very wide view on what this work can look like in, in different industries. Like I don't have a passion to work in one specific industry. Uh, yeah, I work exactly, sucks, exactly. work sucks across lots of different industries. So yeah. the, I think the work that we do really transcends one specific industry, which is fun, which means I'm always learning about different companies. Like I didn't know anything about the industry that I'm currently working in, but I've learned a lot very quickly. And you know, next week I will need to very quickly learn a bunch about this next company. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's, a, I think that's a style of work. I also enjoy, yeah. um, for sure. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's great, man. Yeah. Awesome. I, I like it a lot. And then plus I'm just like internally, like we're, you know, we're growing, you know, I'm helping hire people on the team. Um, thinking very deliberately about how we want to build our culture. Uh, we actually had our second kind of like we call it a strategy meeting. It's like a, it's like an offsite retreat basically that we did yesterday. So we did that with the team. Where'd you guys go for offsite? So we did, we actually did, well, so we actually did the, the meeting part of the day, which was like 10 to four essentially in just a conference room in our office building. It had like lunch delivered and everything. And then afterward, well, so Jimmy we, Johns, no, no Jimmy Johns. This episode's brought to you by Jimmy John's. Yes, Jimmy John's. Freak fast. Uh, is that their, isn't that their motto? Something like that. Um, so what, the way we do these, yeah. So we like during the the ten to four, we basically do like a retrospective, and we think we come up with our priority statements for the next quarter. You know, what are we gonna what are we gonna focus on as a company? Um, what are our priorities gonna be as a company? And then we do something fun as a group in the afternoon for an hour or two, and then we go get dinner. So the fun thing we did. It's actually a thing I've never done before. Have you ever? Have you heard of um, like a escape the room? I've heard of these. Yeah, I've never. I've never done it though. Yeah, it was it was fun as hell. Was it really okay? That's cool. So I mean, basically, for those who aren't familiar with it, uh, it's a place you go to, and they've essentially set up a room to have a series of puzzles in it that you you and your team solve together. And the one we did at least at least was uh it was set like uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles type. So there was a story to it. There was like a role-playing element to it, except we're not actually playing characters. But that, 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 there's a basic story here. We've been locked in a room. We have a bunch of puzzles to solve. And essentially, we had an hour to solve all these puzzles. And they were logic puzzles around you know, all sorts of different things. We had to fly, find clues and put them together and unlock locks based on what we've discovered. And what we were told is that we... So there was five of us doing it. After a very long day, and also let me say, I came off of a red-eye flight directly to our full-day off-site, directly to this. So I was fried as hell. <laughs> but we, uh, what they told us, we solved it in about like, like a little over 45 minutes. I think 49 minutes is what we solved it in. Uh, so we, we definitely beat it. They, we were the first group that they've ever seen who, has, who none of us had any experience ever doing one of these before. So this is our first time ever doing one of these. We solved it in time. And with no hints, like they are, they're watching you in a video camera. There's a monitor in the room. If they see that you're totally stuck, they'll give you a hint to help you move along. No hints, no anything, and we crushed it. Boom! Nice. And we felt you know, that would be a, it was, a nice it was type. That would be a nice type of experiment. Take a group of people, train, yeah, we were train them like, in that type of stuff, 
that you guys talk about. Another group, old yeah. sort of way that teams work. Throw them in these types of rooms and see how it, uh, they pan out. We were saying like this is like screw interviews. This is our new selection tool. Like take yeah. candidates, throw them in a room. Let's see you get out. Um, yeah, it was fun though. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting to see how we worked together. I mean, we basically if you kind of think about the type of person who would maybe be down to work in a very early stage startup where everything is super ambiguous, there's no like bosses, like everybody is expected to like find a thing and do it. Like we all just started tearing the room apart and finding things and like calling it out and, you know, very naturally going back and forth to each other and helping each other. And, and one person would get like half of the, the, the puzzle, the clue, and then somebody else would come in and, and finish it off. And it was a, it was a cool little, it would be fun to go back and watch the video of it actually. And kind of, analyze how we did it that was the, the 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 still lingering academic in me was like i want this data yeah i want to I analyze this um but it was fun then we went to dinner uh that was, uh, that was it little dins mm. little dins little din din we always go to like a pretty nice restaurant so that's uh that's fun huh we uh we also flew out so we have a new person who is starting in the summer because he's still currently a student at UC, UC Irvine. Uh, okay. But he's graduating in May, and uh, so we flew him out for this as well, which is cool to get to know him a little bit more. Nice. But yeah, nice. work stuff is good. PhD stuff is terrible. Uh, everything else, you know, <laughs> everything else is fine. Um, so in these notes mm-hmm. from last from our list of notes. Um, you have I don't know if you put this on there or I'll put it on there. Our hardware software stacks? I think I put that on there. I don't know if I want to dive into that at this point. Okay. It's, a, it's a big topic. I was hoping there was this thing where it's just uh, stacks of like boxes of old oh, programs. No, not like, literally <laughs> stacks. Talking okay. about I'm just using the lingo, man. Okay. Okay. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm always just curious, like what I know what hardware you're using now for the most part, I think. But I, wait, what software are you into? Stuff like that. I always like talking about it. you know I'm always in the middle of an experiment. You call that stacks? Yeah, it's your you're stack. ridiculous. It's your software you're stack. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. You're, I am, yeah, I am you, fully enmeshed got, in the business, business world y. lingo, man. Got businessy. I am all uh, about the business world lingo. You got full business. Oh man, I got a great video business. to show you uh, afterward. I'm so tempted because I bring it up right now. But there's this great, great sketch uh, that this group does. They do all sorts of business related comedy, but they did mm. one about um, the, the, the school uh, of corporate like language or something it, it was it's really great and i've actually been jotting down a list just of the words that i hear people say in the meetings that i'm in every day uh some one of my favorites is to to double click on something do you know what it means to double click on something but not literally no let me double click that it's like emphasize That's, to emphasize say emphasize no, I, exactly what are we doing Let's, what are we, what are we doing? let me let me let me loop you in let's circle that, back let, Circle I'll, I'll back and heard. I'll ping you. Lube, lube you in. Lube, Why would you ever lube, say? Oh, lube. Okay. Good God. Like lube you in. <laughs> Why would you ever say you that? Think I'm in. Oh, there's certain types that of might be, That might be. A, yeah, in certain industries, that might be a thing. Uh, <laughs> but in in my world, not so much. Oh, there's all sorts of good. Oh, to build, to build on. Let me build on that. Let me build on that. I, I'd never heard that until I started doing this work. And it's basically just what you say. You say that before you just go on a monologue in a meeting about whatever the hell you want. Oh, let me build on what you said. Blah, blah, blah. It's the worst. Anyway, um, yeah, business lingo. I mean, if you, if you want to talk hardware stack, I mean, let's do it. But, you know, did you make any decisions about your phone? No. 
Okay. But my, I have recently dropped my phone, so it has a slight crack. Dude, I dropped my phone uh, on Monday. I got a big old crack on it. You can't see me now because I'm in the dark. Yeah. But, uh, it's, I, I do I, see you in the dark. I was like, why did you turn the thing off? I'm doing it, I didn't turn it. It's called, uh, I'm on the East Coast, Eric. It's called The Sun is Setting. Time zones and shit. I can't really see it, but. Uh, is your light not on? I just uh, turned oh. it on. Let me, see, let me see how big your crack is. Let me see. Is it a big one? So, do you yeah, have Apple really, Care? It's a big one. I've got yeah, Apple Care. I've got an appointment tomorrow to go get it taken care of. Yeah. I've dropped it so many times because I, I, I'm pretty sure I've, I've explained in the in the past. I, um, I'm not a case man. But I don't want a case on my phone. Yeah. I want I want to, I rock it naked, and I've dropped it many times. And this drop was so minor. It was such a minor drop. And boom, yeah, those cracked. those are the ones. Those are the so ones, depressing. man. So just you know, hits in, hit it hits it in the sweet spot. Yeah. Thing is, I, you know, I I could have sworn the glass that they're putting on these phones are supposed to be tougher and more durable. I guess not. Um, well, here's the thing: they, they probably are tougher and more durable. They they but they still break. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I think they're making these things is too slick. I, I want why don't they make the back a little less slick? Yeah, that, I don't, I don't know about a, the iPhone. I, I know there's like Samsung phones. Well, that was a, Samsung. That was a critique stuff. of this generation of iPhones, the the sixth generation being with the curve because it's more of a curved edge now as opposed to the yeah. five, and it makes it harder to hold on to. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's um, interesting. Well, good luck with your your ongoing phone expedition. Let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. Uh, what what else? What else? Going on? I was uh, I could talk real quickly. I was on an alumni panel on Monday in Claremont. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about you back in Claremont. Yeah, I went back to Claremont for just well, a actually, day. Well, weren't you already Tuesday. back in Claremont for improv? No. At some point? Well, that was like a couple weeks ago. That was a couple. That wasn't that long ago. But yeah, yeah. you're right. It was well, so I went. So last weekend, I was in Arkansas for our buddy Scott's wedding. Yeah. How was that? It was great. Oh, it was so great. cool. I wish I, wish I could have. I, I was like so tempted to just hop in my car and try to drive up there. Yeah, you should have, man. You should have. <laughs> uh, like especially because I. So it was in the backwoods of Arkansas. Yeah. It was a two hour drive from Little Rock. Uh, no self service there, and uh, I got it was like on a campground type area, but where there were cabins, so we rented a cabin. Uh-huh. It was pretty great. Um, so congratulations to Scott and his beautiful wife. And um, so then I flew back to New York Sunday night, and then Monday night I flew to California to do this alumni panel for the positive organizational psychology class that Dr. Yip teaches. Yeah. So I was one of several people on that panel talking, basically giving the. The small startup consulting firm perspective on this work and getting jobs in this field, uh, which was good. It was like 40 students or so in Berkeley asking questions. And then we went back to the actual class and had like 10 minute conversations with each like with small groups within the class. Then went to Back Abbey, ate some duck fat fries, had a beer, went back to the airport. Bada boom, bada bing. Didn't go to the airport restaurant <laughs> no god la like airport food is in general no no bad. the uh my uh crazy what is it what is it oh yeah crazy, yeah, mike, crazy mike or something like insane oh, mike yeah. or like maniac maniac mike maniac mike <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no yeah i wanted to well see i save that for when you and i are there together i don't go by myself and i don't go with anyone else i just go with you it's our special place yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't so, there um, long enough to go unfortunately uh, but it was it was good to just give a, I think I think what CGU lacks, is any sort of support for the master students and getting them jobs. Mm. There's really not a lot of support there. Not like most master school like master programs. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I feel like I have a perspective on getting a job in this field that I didn't have even six months ago, that 
I really need to share with the students there because there is this world of of companies that used to be doing and I I apologize if I'm repeating myself because I've been saying this a lot recently and I don't remember where I've said it but like there's this whole world of firms that were doing traditional strategy consulting or product design consulting or like marketing consulting and all these firms have kind of realized that the real problems so they so they all have like some sort of product that they give a client right like a strategy firm gives recommendations in the form of a presentation a uh, marketing firm, you know, does some sort of marketing uh, deliverable. Um, product design helps a, a firm to develop a, a product. But actually seeing their clients be successful with their recommendations or with whatever they've created them, that very rarely happens. And they've all kind of realized together that what the problem, the problems are in how their clients and how themselves are actually organized to do the work and how they actually behave and, and, and how they actually do the work as opposed to it's not about just like the strategy recommendation. It's like, how do you take a recommendation and actually do something with it? So all of these types of small companies that traditionally haven't done anything with org design or org behavior or anything like that are realizing there's this huge opportunity to help companies think through how they actually do the work. So they're all pivoting to that, and that's what Undercurrent did, and there's a couple of other companies that have all done that pivot. as well. And they don't, pivot. they, they're pivoting into this, this type of consulting, that, which is fascinating to like people like you and me who like care about you know, the psychology behind how people work. But... For the most part, these companies were not filled with psychology people, and they don't, they don't necessarily think of the problem they're trying to solve from a psychology perspective, even though the psychology perspective, I would argue, is maybe one of the most important perspectives. All of this is about changing how people work, how people think, how people behave. I mean, that is the wheelhouse of psychology. So there are students from you know, places like CGU, especially CGU in terms of the positive program, that have this really somewhat unique perspective on psychology, but it also applies to the org behavior students as well, that would be so valuable to these companies trying to do this work, but they don't know these companies exist because these companies aren't advertising jobs that say org behavior or org development or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like I got kind of lucky that I kind of, I sort of fell into it and now I'm realizing like I need to, I'm trying to act as the bridge essentially between these companies that don't realize they need these people these students and these students who don't know these companies exist. Uh, so I, that's what I was trying to share with the students at, at CGU. So hopefully I can help facilitate some introductions or, or even um, our, our long-term vision. I mean, every huge consulting firm kind of has their feeder school. Uh, so if, if the ready gets large enough someday, I would like, I think CGU would be a potentially great feeder, feeder school between the psychology and the evaluation. Um, it's a good combination for doing this type of work. Nice. So, that was uh that was that was my alumni panel experience. Was not, not, were you at Psyop since you were in the area or no? No, no, I actually I did not go to Psyop. Our, our new employee who at UC Irvine went, and some of our friends went, uh, but I did not go. Did you didn't go? Did you? I didn't go. No. Yeah, haven't gone for years, and I missed it. But, yeah. uh, so breaking Yahoo news. Mm, oh, let me get on Yahoo. Yeah, useless Yahoo news. Prince found unresponsive oh, yeah, in elevator. He died. Yeah. Died. Yeah, I at the age that. of fifty-seven. You already knew that. Yeah, I knew that a couple hours ago. That's Twitter, man. I'm on Twitter. Anything that happens is on Twitter. I know about it. Oh. All right, let's find an actual. Let's find some actual. Um, okay, Andrew Jackson's twenty-dollar removal, twenty-dollar bill removal irks senator. Probably a terrible I think person. It, I think it irks a lot of people. Okay, yeah, a lot of terrible <laughs> people. Andrew Jackson I'm, was a terrible person. But he, even on top of that, though, even if he wasn't right. 
why are some people so upset? Money changes over time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because people love being change. upset about things. People love being like, okay, Yahoo is pissing me off. I can't scroll through the news things. I got to click into it. Oh, my God. Uh, yep, exactly. That's, that's why Yahoo's going out of business. Yeah, they're ruining the best part, which is also the worst part. There's usually a little arrow that at least you can click. Exactly. There's no, oh, my God, this is the worst. It's the worst. We can't even do useless Yahoo News anymore. You can't. It's over. The air is gone. That was a season one thing. Season, season one. They've got to retire it. Yeah. We need a new one. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. it. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. If you have an um, idea, if you have an idea for a recurring section of our podcast, email us at the file drawer podcast at gmail.com. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Uh, if, we, if this is going to be a long conversation, we don't need to go into it, but uh, okay. your exploration with the iPad based computing. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. Because uh, uh, this will be a recurring thing that I talk about. But it's yeah, I've been. Uh, I, I cut you off. I'm sorry. I got all excited. That's all right. Were you gonna ask me a question, or do you just want me to go? I was gonna make a comment and say like a uh, comment. Comment. I felt the I felt the iPad Pro in my hand, and I, I like it. Yeah. I like the way it feels. It feels like it has a d- decent weight. It's a large size. Um, I know you don't like the large large size, but even in the, the the smaller iPads are getting just lighter. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I know nothing about you know, using that. Mm-hmm. For computing, I don't know what their computer computing power is like. So yeah, I, uh, I can see it as having a potential, but yep. yeah, what's your opinion? Well, I think well, I think even beyond just potential, I think this is the future of personal computing. Like down the road, you know, five, ten, fifteen years down the road, computers are going to look more like iPads than anything else. Just my take on it. Uh, so I'm using an iPad Air two, which is not um, you know one of the new iPad uh, Pros. However, I've been trying. I've been challenging myself most days to use it as much as possible and consciously noting what things I can't do on it. And I'm literally keeping a list of the things that I can't do on it. One of the things is what I'm currently doing right now is talking to you is podcasting on it. And there, yes, there are ways there are hacky ways to do podcast recording on an iPad or, and just through iOS, but it's not as simple as just what I'm doing with my computer right now. That's yeah. one of the main things. Um, there's a few goldmine for app, uh, application developers. Yeah, well, you just hand that list to somebody and yeah. come up. Well, part of the problem is just the way some of the limitations that Apple puts on iOS exactly. um, and into the hardware. The, the problem is the fact that the way they handle audio. My understanding of it, my rudimentary understanding, is that basically one app at a time can use the audio interface, which means to, to record a podcast, you both need Skype and you need something to record that audio. And uh-huh. the way it's currently set up. You can't create an app that does that. Uh, Uh, Some people are talking or hoping, you know, iOS 10 will be coming out in the fall. And uh, they're hoping that might be a thing that changes. So someone could create an app that allows you to record. Because you can hook up a a, uh, mic to it. You know, there's adapters that are USB adapters and whatnot. So that's not the problem. It's it's the software side. Uh, Other things, I mean, we're just pulling up my notes real quick. Like some of the... There's, I guess, a handful of things that I've I found a little bit. The, the basically the, the the all of this in a nutshell is that I can do 95% of my work on an iPad, like really oh, cool. pretty comfortably. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm actually going to try, maybe in a couple weeks. You have a keypad for it? I I don't. I actually been using the software keyboard the most, um, and it's not. I'm definitely a little bit slower on it, but not. It doesn't make. It's not. It's not a game, like game breaker or anything. Like I can I can do it. It's fine, um, and I kind of like I. I'm a minimalist in many, many ways, and I like the idea of reducing just my device profile, like the number of devices I need, which is – this is a topic for another day. 
I actually have very conflicting opinions on this. I like reducing the number of devices I need, but I also really love devices and new devices yeah. particularly. <laughs> I love I like both. So it's I'm I'm a conflicted a conflicted person. But uh so yeah, in a nutshell, I I'm trying to continue moving towards the iPad and if I'm able to successfully like go a week maybe with only literally not even taking my laptop out of its case or something, I might get one of the new iPad Air Pros. The problem would just be deciding which size I want. Do I want the size that I already have? Because they, now they have iPad Pros that are this size. Or do I want the big one that you, you handled? Um, yeah. and, and Aaron uh, has the big one, and I've, he- I've held it a little bit. And it is really big. Uh, yeah. So I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what I would do with that, actually, if I want the bigger little one. But yeah, future future of computing. What say you, Eric? You're a traditionalist in some ways. Uh, not not really. I mean, you're the one who is always raging about the fact that you can't take like RAM out of your computer and stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> that's true. But that's so. At the same time, I think um, my expectations are often higher than other people's. Okay. So, and I'm saying that because, like I've often said in the past, like looking back, let's say the i iPads, perfect example, the iPad. Um, Original iPad, everybody was so excited and about it was huge about and it and stuff. And... I'm like, this thing is huge and heavy and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think I've used it in the past. It it wasn't as um, uh, as quick as I would like. You know, you know what I'm saying? For everybody to just be to revel, to revel in how amazing it sure. is. So I think my expectations, especially spending that much money, are a lot higher. I don't like any type of lag. So if it's if it's nice, new, and shiny, but there's a lag to it, and it's expensive, I don't. Well, that's the thing I don't understand. The new, the new iPads are really powerful. Like, there's no exactly yeah and that, things. It's just a really powerful computing machine. Yeah, and um, and so I, that's why I brought it up. I think feeling in, um, I know that it has a lot more oomph to it. I'm like, oh, right, th- this is potential. Th- this has potential. I was also reflecting about the iPhones, yeah. the old iPhones. I'm looking up like some of its lim- their limitations, what they couldn't do. And stuff. Even if they look nice back in the day, I never would have liked those old of iPhones. Yeah. But now, now they're, because they're everybody's sort of copying from each other, which I think they should be doing. You know, they're getting slightly different sizes, very powerful. Yeah. Um, I've always said the, a, the iPhone five was the first phone I ever owned. Where when I finally upgraded to the next phone, which was I think I went from a five to a six. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I, I never felt this driving urge to get the new phone because the five never felt slow to me, yeah. which that was the first like device that's ever been the case. Usually if you've had a computer for a long time or a phone for a long time, you, you can like, you can perceive the, the speed gains. Um, yeah. But I, I love and, the five. And, and, and I'm traditional in the sense of, okay, I think the ability to add Ram, especially if it's like, if you're, if you're able to add like low profile Ram into something, I think that people should have that, um, yeah. freedom and I, I don't like the constraints that companies put on you for the sake of they just want total control um, like you said the, like the audio developing for the um, developing for the iPad yeah well they don't do that they don't do that const- arbitrarily I mean you can disagree with the reasons why they've locked down the system that way but they've, they they require sandboxing of the apps and the app store process for a reason um, I, I get that I get, I get that but I mean that's just this is one example yeah there are some things that they do probably do arbitrarily just because this is not the way they do things, though. Sure. You know, I mean, any company does, but um, allowing the person who's going to be using the product a little bit more freedom, I prefer that over and over again. Uh, do, do you feel the same way about, uh, uh, about cars? So what? Do you feel the same way about cars? Like, in the sense that new cars nowadays, you can't tinker with like you could back in the day. 
I like I like the ability to customize, right. and I don't like the ability to, to for them to give you this fake sense that you can customize by sh- give by selling it in five different colors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure. You should have the freedom to be able to do it what you want with it. Well, um, I think anyway, I I, I, I I see your point, but I think you are fighting a losing battle, my friend. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying do, do everything, everything within reason. I'm um, just saying I'm just saying in general. Yeah. We're moving but, um, toward lockdown stuff. Oh, we are. We are. But I, I think there might be some pushback. I mean, a lot of the other types of brands of phones and stuff are locking everything down. Um, lock down what you, what you need to for security. Leave open what you don't need to. I guess what I'm saying is I think there's more in the middle sure. that uh, Apple is moving toward um, that, I, that I like. Um, uh, right. Maybe maybe if that's just in the software, I don't know. Yeah, um, might just, that might just be it. I, maybe uh, I could see the software side of things. Yeah, I don't think, I don't in think the hard- they are hardware. I mean, I think they're hard- very clear hard- moving no. the other way with hardware. Like they yeah, only hard- sell no. like one or two computers that you can do anything. Where you can even like open anymore. Uh, it's funny. It's just, I just read the Steve Jobs biography uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, it's funny. He's look at learning about the the history of Apple. They started very much the other way around. Where yeah. the reason what made the original Apple computers so attractive is that they were very easy to add stuff to your own things to and very easy to customize, uh, but but they've obviously changed since then. Yeah, it's um, changed, man. Times are yeah. times they are changing. <laughs> things change. That, it's so funny. Um, on the you know the podcast we both listen to, ATP. Mm-hmm. Um. One episode a long time ago, they're just kind of ranting about the iPhone and like, why would you ever buy a 16 gigabyte? Oh yeah, well, you know, 16. Why would, buy, uh, why would like Apple sell the 16? That's, what that's my mad point. About. That's what they're why mad about. They, why would they sell it? That's it's, my yeah. That's also my point. Price, it man, it's that, yeah, it's the it's the ASP man. Average selling price yeah. of the iPhone. It it drives people yeah. to that middle that middle one. If the 16 yeah. wasn't there, then less people would buy the middle one. Yeah, maybe maybe it's that's dumb though. It's uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's. I mean, anyway. they, they, even, they even sold eight gig ones for a while with the five C. So what? They, they sold eight gig phones for a while, like pretty yeah, up, that's until pretty recently. But uh, people you would say that upgrade, is a uh, Tim Cook thing. That's not a Steve. What a Steve Jobs would have done type of thing. Yeah, probably not. It, you know, that's more of an operational logistics type thing anyway. than a vision type thing. But. Yeah. Um, anyway, you're kind of breaking up right now. What? And, uh, no. Kind of reaching that point. All right. I guess it is about about an hour into it, eh? Yeah, this might be slightly shorter one. Um, who knows? That's, it's um, all good. We're 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 being consistent, man. Every week, even though this is a couple days late, my fault. Yep. That's all good. All right, sir. All right. Until next time. Um, I think we should, you know, real quickly say, email if you have anything, a question or anything you want us to talk about. We will talk about it on the podcast. Like, let's let's be clear here. We're not we're not being inundated in emails. If you send us an email, you'll probably be the only one, and we will talk about it. So keep that in mind. Uh, the file drawer podcast at gmail dot com. Am I going to regret that? You think? Do you think maybe I'll regret that? Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I don't think you'll regret it. Uh, and then, if you are so inclined, if you would go to iTunes and search for the file drawer, and then when our podcast comes up, if you give it a rating or even write a review, that would be great because it helps. Uh, this show up in iTunes for new people. So so new people can come and enjoy the beauty that is um, our voice. Is that it? That's it. All right. Till next time.
Peace. Next time. Peace.